Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. My guest today is Zach Williams, a very patient Zach Williams, where I had technical glitches and, you know, he stuck around and he's doing this show with me and hopefully there won't be any technical glitches this time. And uh, this is Spotlight on the State Government and he's here to talk about the budget process and the coronavirus. So, Zach, how are you? I'm doing good. Been a crazy week, huh? Yeah, it's uh, been a busy one. Obviously, a lot of things going on with the state budget, um, as well as the uh, ongoing uh, response to the coronavirus. So what's going on with the state budget? Oh, gosh, so many things. Um, I think the biggest uh, announcement in recent days has been the governor mentioning at his press conference yesterday this idea of having a rolling budget where you would basically tie expenditures um, at every quarter to the level of revenue that comes in. You know, there's been such a huge drop in the stock market in recent weeks, and it remains unclear how that's going to affect the fiscal picture um, on the state side, you know, how much money they're actually going to get from taxes. And what the governor wants to do is basically have someone reassess at, at the end of each quarter, you know, for every dollar that we spend, how many cents actually came in. And, mm-hmm. you know, his idea to do that would be to put the state budget director in charge, one of his top lieutenants, Robert Mujica, um, because, you know, normally the legislature adjourns in June. Um, now we got coronavirus. Um, it remains very much up in the air if state lawmakers um, are even interested, much less would actually want to come up again to Albany once they pass the budget in the upcoming days. Mm. So I know that the um, the session was going to be a little shorter than in years past. Because of the coronavirus, is that really going to shorten the legislative session this year? Well, the you know the big question is to what extent the lawmakers would approve um, you know some form of remote voting, you know, meeting via teleconference or anything else, um, you know, electronic. Um, you know, they're expected to decide that, um, you know, in the coming days when they do go back up to the Capitol to pass the budget. You know, if they do approve remote voting, then theoretically they might even vote uh, or get together even more than normal uh, than a normal year. You know, normally they adjourn in June. Um, you know, if they can meet remotely in some sort of uh, relatively convenient way, then maybe they could uh, keep up with these quarterly votes that the governor wants to have on uh, matching revenues with funding levels. That would be a huge change in state politics. The more likely path is they get up to Albany in the upcoming days, they pass the state budget, and they might not uh, get together or have another vote for the rest of the year. Um, you know, presumably once coronavirus has come and gone and there's a whole new legislative session to begin. So you're saying after the budget, we might be looking at them reconvening, reconvening in January, right? It's very likely. You know, the the uh, Major League Baseball canceled their season. The NBA did too. Uh, now the time might be 
be coming up for the New York State Legislature to do the same. You know, what this means in terms of the traditional power balance between the legislative and executive branches, um, you know, remains to be seen. Chances are, like as things tend to do in times of emergency, the executive, Governor Andrew Cuomo, is just going to have a strengthened hand to deal with the coronavirus, um, you know, outbreak, much as he sees fit on the state level, at least, um, if and when the lawmakers pass the budget and adjourn for the year in the coming days. You know, the coronavirus has taken over everything on, on the news, and people don't really haven't kept up with what's going on down at state government. So from January to now, what important measures has been voted upon that people should know? You know, uh, the the amazing thing about this legislative session is, you know, is how it's kind of uh, underperformed compared to last year. You know, last year they they passed so many different things. Um, you know, it was the first year when both the Democrats and the re, the state assembly and the um, state senate commanded, you know, majorities. You know, they passed rent reform. They passed the Reproductive Health Act. They passed voting reform, just like one after another, another. You know, the standard last year was so high that their inability to legalize recreational marijuana, for example, was seen as this huge failure when they had actually done so many different things. You know, it seemed like there was a, a lot of energy to keep that going. But once the legislative session actually began this year, it was kind of surprising. You know, they really didn't get a lot done. Um, a lot of bills passed one chamber or the other chamber, but, you know, other than maybe a, a bill here and there, the only significant legislative package that passed both houses was this limo safety thing. You might remember way back a million years ago in 2018, that crash in uh, Skohari that killed so many mm-hmm. people. You know, they didn't end up passing much on limo safety after the budget process last year. There were a few reforms in there, um, but they, you know, weren't able to see eye to eye in the final stretch of last year's legislative session. State lawmakers came back, ended up passing something, I believe, in late January. might have been early February. It's hard to remember now. But um, that was really the only significant thing that passed the state legislature this year. Um, Not to, you know, say it wasn't important. You know, it was all sorts of new um, laws. I think it was like a dozen laws you know, to really crack down on limo safety, prevent a similar tragedy from ever happening again. But, uh, you know, in the end, that was all that really got done by lawmakers' sole initiative this year. So the coronavirus has changed uh, society as we knew it. And there's going to be 200-plus legislators that will be running for office. I'm sure that's going to be a lot different. From what you've been uh, hearing, how are elections going to be held this this fall? Well, um, you know, it's it's always hard to to run a primary challenge against an incumbent lawmaker under any circumstance. Um, a big thing that made it easier for people this year was that the state legislature last week did, um, you know, change the petitioning requirements, the number of signatures you need to get on the ballot. You know, now they you only need 30% of the typical, I think it was, uh, I can't remember specifically for how many for state lawmakers, but 
somewhere around a thousand or so. Um, you know, not a huge bar, but but you know, still a significant amount of signatures you would need. Now they just need thirty percent of that. You know, a few hundred signatures. Um, you know, those that had it before the pandemic began are in good shape. Those that didn't, um, you know, aren't really going to have another chance to get more signatures. You know, you can't go door to door in this day and age anymore. Um, you know, in terms of what it means for, you know, the the June primary, um, you know, the for state legislative offices, you know, we still got to see whether or not um, vote by mail will get expanded um, either as a standalone bill, pretty unlikely, or as part of the budget, much more likelier, you know. Otherwise, you know, an April 28th uh, special election, you know, there's a congressional seat up for grabs in western New York, a few other elections throughout the state, you know, might end up getting postponed, canceled, much like the mm-hmm. Queensboro president race was here um, a week or so ago. You know, in terms of November, uh, you know, November is like practically a million years from now. Um, nobody knows. Um, it's mm-hmm. quite likely that, at least as far as things are going now, that, you know, the first uh, pandemic, if you will, will have come and gone possibly for months by then. You know, we're slated to see the, you know, the the, the crest of the wave sometime in mid to late April, um, you know, probably mid, mid-April. So, you know, there could be other outbreaks of coronavirus, you know, once we all leave our homes and, you know, have been out in the world again for another couple months, you know, it could pop up again. We'll see. Um, but vote by mail is the real critical issue here in terms of how normal, quote unquote, the elections can still be moving forward. So Andrew Cuomo seems to be on TV every day doing press conference and, and also during doing interviews. So kind of give us a rundown of this week with the coronavirus. Well, the governor has been very media savvy from the get-go, you know, in terms of dealing with the pandemic. You know, he started off by inviting city and state Zach Williams, no less, to sit in on agency heads on March 1st. You know, a month, nearly a month later now, we've seen all sorts of Andrew Cuomo profiles, um, you know, stories, daily press conferences. You know, the, the guy is out there and seems to be really having his moment. You know, this is a governor who loves a good disaster in terms of, you know, managing it, you know, has been to many snowstorms, earthquakes, uh, floods, whatnot, both as the HUD secretary in the Clinton administration and in his three terms as governor. In the past week, he's kept it up, um, but he kind of threw a curveball a little bit. Three out of the five days, he was at Javits Center on the west side of Manhattan um, touting the new um, temporary hospitals that he got the Trump administration to make via the Army Corps of Engineers, you know, and then he's really used the national spotlight to keep the pressure on President Trump, demand, you know, more federal aid, as well as meet some uh, political purposes here and there, especially when it comes to the state budget. You know, one thing that he doesn't want to do is raise taxes to deal with this revenue problem. You know, today, uh, Friday at Javits Center, I was there and and, you know, he when I asked him about this, he said, you know, we don't have any money anymore. Um, that isn't what activists and some lawmakers are saying. They say raise taxes on the wealthy. The governor want, doesn't want to do that, but he uses this national, you know, spotlight that he has to really get his message out there. You know, a lot of the people that are going to be pushing back on, you know, his 
his insistence on, you know, holding the line on taxes, even raising it on wealthy people. You know, they're state lawmakers, advocates, activists. You know, yes, they do have popular followings to varying degrees, but nothing compared to what the governor now has on, you know, cable news, on the Internet. You know, President Cuomo even was trending as a hashtag this, you know, past week on Twitter. You know, that would have been unimaginable just a couple weeks ago. Um you know, the, in terms of what it means for the governor moving forward, who knows? You know, a month from now, he might uh, not have the spotlight anymore. But, but it's come at a very opportune time because in a couple of days, they've got to pass the state budget, and the governor's hand is very strong. And you can see that um, a lot of that strength is coming, coming from these press conferences that he has every single day. You've got to remember that we're – at almost at the end of March, and, and the budget is supposed to be finalized in a few days, that the primaries have not been settled. Joe Biden has not reached that magic threshold. And, you know, I think everything's up in the air. And when you when people hashtag um, President Cuomo, that might not be a far-flung notion at this point. What do you think? I mean, you know, some one, obser- one observer described Joe Biden this past week as a melting ice cube, and I think that holds up pretty well. Um, you know, he's been almost uh, invisible during the whole coronavirus outbreak, but I think that's you know, reflects the tricky position he's in. You know, he's clearly got the Democratic nomination um, pretty much locked up if any sort of normal circumstance prevails in the end. Yeah, sure, there could be some sort of white knight at the convention, but, you know, he's well on his way to having enough delegates. The party rules say you got to vote for um, the candidate that, that got you elected, the delegates, that is, at the convention. Super delegates don't come in until the second round. And, yeah, mm-hmm. there's been some, you know, some nice things said about um, Andrew Cuomo you know, a guy that has flirted with running for president many times um, in, you know, in the past few years. Um, you know, if his fame extends that long and the world just keeps getting crazier and crazier and things happen that we never imagined before, sure, you know, maybe, uh, you know, that wouldn't be the, the most unlikely thing to say. But, you know, just yesterday he said, I don't want to run for president. I don't want to be vice president. I want to be governor. That's my thing. And, you know, Joe Biden's... Um, relatively low profile right now is in many ways kind of a strength. He's not somebody that even, you know, in the best of times is seeking that much media attention that, you know, he's got a stuttering problem. He just doesn't do as well in the cameras now, especially with his, you know, now that he's getting on in years. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the, regardless of that, elections are always referendums on the incumbent. And, you know, this is Donald Trump we're talking about. Nobody's, you know, going to be thinking much about Joe Biden the next couple months in so much as they're going to be thinking about Donald Trump, love him, hate him. Most people have already made up their minds. We're still months away from the election. But, you know, now that the economy has, you know, gone down the tubes to such a degree, um, that's never Mm -hmm. good for any incumbent especially one like Trump, who's never had approval ratings more than 50%, usually down in the low 40s somewhere. Um, Huge name recognition, so it's not like there's new people he can find. Um, Things are not looking good for him right now. 
And that's why he's playing so nice with Andrew Cuomo, you know. Not only is Cuomo being nice to him, which is always, you got to remember, an important quality for Trump. Um, but, you know, he still gets to have a foil to have fun with. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, you know, a frenemy of Cuomo, no less. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, we just got to kind of wait and see. But I think Joe Biden's position is pretty um, solid. He's weathered plenty of other moments uh, in the last year or so when people thought he was done, thought he couldn't handle it, thought that people were finally giving up on him. But uh, just mm-hmm. like Trump in 2016 in a much different way, you know, from the get-go, Biden was pretty much the front runner, same as Trump. Well, Biden slid a little bit, a little bit more than Trump did in his own 2016 run. You know, here we are, Joe Biden, you know, is going to be the nominee barring the the most extraordinary of circumstances, even more extraordinary than coronavirus it's, uh, itself. Um, I just don't see it happening any other way. And, you know, there the odds are better than not right at this point that Joe Biden will even win in November, even if people aren't that enthusiastic about him. That's how much a lot of voters just don't like Donald Trump, who, after all, won in 2016, not with a popular vote, but with uh, some very slim margins in some uh, important swing states like Wisconsin, um, Michigan, and a few others. It's going to be a very interesting presidential race. But uh, we're talking about the health aspects of the coronavirus. There's another component to this that's very important also, and that's the economic aspect. And with so many businesses and places closing down, ultimately, what do you? How bad think the economy might get? Well, Steve Mnuchin uh, was reported to have told banking leaders uh, at some point in the last week or so that they shouldn't worry. We won't see unemployment more than twenty percent. 20%. If that's the standard, it must mean things are pretty bad indeed. You know, they, the, the federal government did pass the, um, a new stimulus plan. You know, a lot of ordinary Americans are actually going to get, you know, uh, cash payments sent to them. Um, you know, a $2 trillion plan, the biggest in American history, you know, could make a, a huge difference um, in aiding economic recovery once all the um, quarantines end. Um, probably in another month or two, um, but things are pretty dire indeed. There were 70,000 unemployment claims in New York just in the last month, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, unemployment is one thing where people will be able to get something, but what about the small guy who owns a small restaurant owner and, you know, the are a lot of those people going to go under, and will this ever re- these people ever recover? Well, you know, like a lot of things, we'll have to wait and see. From the get-go here in New York, in New York City, at least, some loan programs were set up for small businesses. But you know, in terms of a, a restaurant, you know, there a lot of small businesses live on the thins of margins um, at the best of times. You know, we're not in the best of times. Um, the One of the weird things with restaurants, at least, is during the coronavirus outbreak, they've, uh, you know, been essential workers. They've been able to stay in business. 
not having people dine in, which, you know, is not going to help, but, uh, you know, they're in a better place than some of, you know, some other types of businesses that can't run at all. You know, anything where you got to have people uh, actually in, you know, your store or, or whatever in person, you know, you can't have uh, people paying to bowl remotely or go to your, um, um, you know, your amusement park um, over the Internet. Those are the type of businesses that just, you know, completely had the floor drop out from them. That said, um, it's uh, going to be pretty, pretty tough for a lot of businesses going forward. And do you see a change in the paradigm of the economy after settled? I mean, you know, now's now's the time when uh, you know, big things are decided. You know, we we got a presidential election in November. Um obviously a lot of stake here at the state level um in the in the budget. You know, I I don't think things are going to change too dramatically in terms of New York State. You know, Governor Cuomo is governor now. He'll be governor um for another 2 years, you know. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't need to run for re-election until uh what is it? 20 21 um or 2022 sorry 2022 yeah so so he's going to be around for a while the big x factor is whether you know joe biden an ally of cuomo's is president or donald trump not really an ally at all um for the most part quite the opposite um always erratic again love him or hate him um another four years of trump is more likely than not to, you know, to um, just accelerate all these divisions within the country. I'm not saying Joe Biden will do any better, but, um, you know, it certainly will be easier from a governance standpoint in New York to have a friendly president in the White House. Mm. So uh, do you expect more of the same Next week, next week when we talk, do you think the budget will have been passed? Well, they got an April 1st uh, budget deadline. You know, there's a, a lot up in the air. There's a lot, you know, in terms of, you know, will the world be the same or will, you know, new ideas prevail? One thing to keep an eye on is this idea of whether or not to not just, you know, pause evictions, but actually cancel rent. Um, you know, there's some legislation sponsored by Deputy uh, Majority Senate Majority Leader Michael Giannaris and Assemblywoman Yuli New that would basically allow um, landlords and tenants alike to write off their mortgages and their rent. And, um, you know, the banks or whoever's the mortgage holder would essentially be left holding the bag. You could say that, you know, they had it coming. They will probably get uh, some form of federal relief in one form or another from the federal government through the stimulus. Um, but, you know, in a week, uh, we'll have some a lot of clarity on the state and federal side. The state budget, you know, is almost, um, you know, very certain to pass. I think the smart money is on Governor Cuomo, per usual, getting more um, wins than losses. And that will probably be it for... Um, you know, the whole um, year in terms of legislative action in Albany, but the primaries will really decide whether those big gains for the political left in 2018 are something that really had some stain force or whether we're seeing kind of a swing back to the political center that not just Joe Biden's success in the presidential primary represents, but 
um, how you know also represented by Governor Cuomo's newfound popularity at a time of crisis. Mm. I, I I really think that his newfound popularity is going to resonate, and I think he's raising his national profile, and I would I would bet a buck that. He's he's gonna make a difference in this year's uh, uh, primary, uh, not not primary, this year's election. So overall, what can people expect next week? What should they be looking at this coming week? I mean, what should they be looking at? What what should be of importance to people? who are keeping abreast of what's going on? I mean, I would say, um, you know, pay attention to the governor's briefings or the reporting about them. You know, the name of the game at this point is hospital capacity. Are there enough beds? Are there enough ICU beds? You know, if they start reaching 100% capacity and some people, you know, can get ventilators and some people can't, you know, the death toll is going to spike. And, um, you know, from a political standpoint, um, you know, that could hurt uh, the governor. Been, um, you know, day in, day out, calling on the federal government to help uh, get more ventilators, you know, and doing so many other things to, um, you know, address the crisis. There have been, has been some criticism, but in terms of dealing with the inflow into the hospital system itself here and there, he's mostly been, um, you know, backed by a lot of people. But once that death toll um, spikes, you know, things can change whether, uh, you know, he deserves criticism or not. That's the thing I think that's got to be, you know, looked at. And from your reader's perspective, you know, the the interest of all of us in making sure that the hospital system is not completely overwhelmed by the pandemic is of utmost importance. Everybody that goes to a hospital wants the best care that's technologically possible, but um, that might be a challenge moving forward because there might just not be enough uh, space unless uh, the curve is flattened, so to speak. One quick statement on my part. A friend of mine I spoke to the other day, she got the symptoms. She had a high fever. She had a cough. She can't breathe well. And when she called her doctor, they told her she um, can't get a test because they're being safe for healthcare workers. So there might be a lot of people who have the virus who haven't been tested. So then, not their, their numbers are not being shown in, in the statistics, and that's pretty frightening. What do you think? Well, it's it's guaranteed that there are many more people that have contracted the virus or carrying it, so to speak, in one form or another than the, you know, 100,000 people or so that have tested positive. Um, you know, it's, it's a country of 320 million, especially early on in the crisis, you know, testing was in short supply. Um, now we're hearing kind of different things from local and state officials in terms of, you know, if you, you want to test, should you try to get it? That would be kind of what Governor Cuomo would say um, insofar as he's been urging, you know, more tests, the better. 
Mayor Bill, Bill de Blasio, however, has told people to, you know, not ask for tests. You know, we're running at low on medical supplies, shouldn't waste them on testing people who, if left to their own devices, will recover within a couple days. Um, both those approaches have their merits and their, um, you know, um, weaknesses. But, um, you know, testing is just such a tricky thing. It's, you know, takes up a lot of, um, you know, resources. And I think, you know, as Governor Cuomo has mentioned in the last uh, couple days, at one point or another, you know, we're kind of leaving that point in the crisis where testing is, you know, the name of the game. You know, early on in the crisis, you want to find people, you want to test them, you want to, um, you know, isolate them. Now there are so many cases out there, like 45,000 in New York State as of uh, Friday, that, you know, you can't follow up everyone in infection. You know, it's, there's community spread, and it's, you know, attention is shifting over to the hospital system and the need to build that capacity and to slow the spread of infections. Um, you know, that's going to make the difference between life or death probably uh, in the upcoming weeks much more than, you know, whether or not the state is able to test, you know, all 20 million people across the state. I'm sure they would if, if they could, but, uh, you know, it seems like it's a matter of resources. That's what we're hearing from Cuomo. That's what we're hearing from de Blasio. That's what we're even hearing from Trump uh, in his own way. Um, you know, now it's just a matter of whether the hospital system can handle those, um, you know, um, um, the worst cases, the people that are really at risk of dying, you know, 80% of people uh, who get coronavirus supposedly don't even know that they've, that they've gotten it, you know, just one or 2% of people mm-hmm. die. Um, doesn't sound so bad, you know, from a personal standpoint, a 98, 99% chance of surviving. But if you're someone with cancer, someone with leukemia, someone with some right. sort of underlying um, um, health condition or someone that's just a bit older than most, um, you know, those statistics skyrocket. You're much, much more likely to be harmed, you know, the older um, and relatively unhealthy that you are, but no one's immune. Just had a teenager that died, I believe, in California, um, you know, this week. Hmm. So, Zach, we will talk again next week probably about the coronavirus again and maybe a little bit about the budget process. So in our closing moments here, uh, like I say every week, give yourself a little plug. Well, I cover state politics for city and state. People can uh, keep up uh, with my work at Zach Reports on Twitter. Uh, Zach Reports is going to be a busy week uh, with the state budget coming up. Thanks, Zach. We'll talk next week. And thank you for being patient because of all of the technical problems that I have. You've been listening to Zach Williams uh, from City and State. I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focus on Albany Spotlight on the state government. If you like this show, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Zach, have a great week. We'll talk next week. And thank you, everybody, for listening.